and it, it is celebration. And this is really, again, another aspect of my wife's death. I want to celebrate the beauty of life. And uh, this is what, what I see. But in a, in a, in a this photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today we are going off to Luxembourg. We're going to talk a little bit about landscape photography, but we are going to talk an awful lot about nudes and faces and how to take really sensual, wonderfully warm and, and compelling images. In other words, we're talking with Michael Morris. Michael, how are you doing today? Tell me, what's life like over in Luxembourg this evening? Uh, great. Uh, well, we've got the early winter with a lot of frost, some snow. Um, it's uh, it's fantastic. I live in a village of 400 people um, with, <laughs> with more animals and, and uh, horses, goats, uh, chickens, all that sort of thing. And uh, surrounded by lakes and uh, woodlands and fields. It's really, really very, very beautiful. Oh, that, that sounds, a village of 400 people sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to move over there and join you. Um, Michael, you, you have some really, really interesting work. And you do say that, you know, a lot of your work was inspired by the, the, the sadly, the, the passing of your wife. But before we get up to that, give me a bit of background. How did the camera come into your life? How did you even get started with this whole photography approach to living? So I, I started in, in 1984 um, when I uh -huh. went to college um, on the East Coast in, in the States um, in, in Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, got a camera and, and was uh, it was my first opportunity to see how I, I connected things and, and how I looked mm -hmm. at the, the trees, the creek, uh, you know, all of that, plus um, uh, just uh, the nature all around, and, and that was a extremely interesting to me and uh, very motivating. So I taught myself photography. There was nobody at the school involved in photography at the time. And and I taught myself uh, how to develop in the darkroom and how to print. And uh, eventually I took a two-week course at the main photographic workshop, which was amazing, from uh, with Ted Orland, who was an assistant to Ansel Adams on creative mm -hmm. visualization. And it was literally on using the camera to execute the image, but to create the image before you touch the camera. And that I've taken that to heart and ever since uh, the late 1980s. So that was my first thing. The second was moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And uh, after college, uh, working there and, and as an assistant to a couple of photographers, one using a scenar, photographing uh, paintings and, and uh, sculptures for fine art magazines and galleries. And the other was using a Hasselblad to photograph jewelry, uh, all kinds of metallic objects, water. And those two studio experiences were amazing for me in terms of understanding how to manage color and to be sensitive to light and reflection and, and, to, and perspective. And of course, learning how to use the scenar was a great uh, introduction for large format yep. Uh, photography. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, it, it didn't dawn on me until you just said it right there. You know, photographing artifacts, photographing still life stuff is wonderful training because, you know, for learning light, for learning different angles and stuff. And yet you, you primarily you talk about nature and emotion. 
which is not taking pictures of painting and jewelry and stuff. Nature and emotion, have that has that always been sort of at the core of who you are, or how did that come about? Yes. I mean, I've... I've um been involved in, in in the states and when i was younger i was very active in in various environmental groups uh, clean water greenpeace uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. many different groups um and uh, you know living in new mexico for example uh was an amazing experience and and just a huge change in ego when you think how small a person is when you look out over 100 miles or or even 20 miles and you see so many boulders and whatever or you go to Arches National Park, um, and you you see how small we actually are, and and insignificant compared to the size of you know the landscape. In New Mexico, in, in Maryland, I uh, took a year off school and I worked for the Department of Natural Resources on endangered species and got to photograph endangered plants and animals in their native habitats, and that was an amazing experience. So, throughout my life, uh, from the from my twenties, I've had you know many many opportunities to appreciate uh, nature. And here mm-hmm. in my village, I bought a, a house and property. The house is from 1766 and the uh, with a sizable amount of, of land and old, old cow pastures. And I've converted that into a wildlife meadow. I planted 30 trees and hundreds of uh, bushes and, and uh, fruit uh, plants and flowers and things like that, together with the models who come and visit me. And we create <laughs> a quilt of... Love. Oh man, I, I love the I love the way you express that. So okay, you're you're in the American West, and then you've gone back to Luxembourg, um, and it's no secret because it, it's all over your website um, that your wife passed away from breast cancer. Yes, and this seems to be a real turning point. Uh, in your work, I mean, I mean th- there is clearly the, the grieving that goes on when we lose a loved one. But how did that influence your artistic expression? So prior to my wife's um, cancer, I was an independent photographer, um, and when she got cancer, I stopped uh, for about twelve years, and oh she died um, <clears throat> in August uh, two thousand nine, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> And um, I started f- making photos early in 2020 uh, at her request. I mean, she before she died, she asked me to go back into photography, and it's been my healing process. Well, and how is it that photography is? He- I mean, the, the, the practice of photography, how is that healing? So I, I, I think especially during the 12 years, but really the photography that I've done, everything is on my website, is has just been a huge outpouring of impressions that I gained throughout my life. I mean, I'm now 60, and uh, I've studied art, going to art museums around uh, Europe and in and, and the States. Um, I've, I've uh, followed many, many people and taken many impressions, and now everything is pouring out. And I think the, the, the key thing for me was that I, I was not able to verbalize. I couldn't put into words all of the feelings I had after my wife's death. And so the photographs have been uh, the language. Oh, and, and, and there's some absolutely beautiful, beautiful images here. Uh, let's talk about some. Well, first of all, let's let's talk just the technical stuff. You're using some pretty high end cameras, and you've got an aesthetic. There's no makeup. There's no. And we're talking about the work with the models here, not the landscape stuff. <laughs> um, a really natural 
expression. Tell me, tell me how you came about this aesthetic. You know, the the, the very um, honestly, honestly portrayed images of the women that are modeling for you. Yeah. Um, so when I, I previously I was using a Canon digital camera, the, the 5D, which was a, a good camera, and, and the 7200 was a great lens, but I was never satisfied with the sharpness of the, the resolution of the uh, of the equipment. So after my wife's death, I looked around and I chose the phase one camera systems. I have two. Mm-hmm. And I took one for a test. I went to Berlin for a weekend and, and had a camera for about 10 days. Was extremely impressed with it. And the printing is amazing. Uh, the, 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 it's just so smooth. And everyone looks thinks and they're looking at one meter prints or I, I don't know, three feet uh, wide prints or more. And they go up within inches of the print thinking that it's a, a, a painting because the <laughs> the phase one is so smooth. So I had mm-hmm. that phase one, which is the old Mamiya 645. Um, and then I, I had a camera built for me uh, using the IQ3 sensor, which is 100 megapixel sensor, together with a zone plate uh, pinhole camera made for me in Hong Kong, specifically for the, the phase one uh, digital back. So I'm doing this very often and many of the photos in the connecting series you can see they're quite soft focus and this is from Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. from this special camera which is the only one in the world um with this uh i'm using the zone plate aperture uh together with the 100 megapixel uh sensor from phase one you are the only person i know who's had a custom built camera um did, did, did you know going into it what effect you were looking for? Yes, absolutely. Pictorialism has been uh, um, something I've loved for many, many years. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, the hugely impressive early 20th century portraiture of, of the giants in photography and um, the landscape images, uh, it's just, I mean, phenomenal and, and so powerful. And so there's really, for me, no sense in trying to get all of the detail of all of the leaves. I mean, you're looking at just the the light and, and, and shadow and the uh, the lines of the, the compositions. And that's really what I focus on more and more is, is simply the compositions. And I prefer under underexposed photos or low-key photo, photo uh, photographs. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. important for, for me to... So people can rest. It's like walking into a dark room and your eyes have to adjust and I prefer that for my photos um, most of the time so that people adjust to them. Yeah, so the, the camera, I originally got a, a pinhole, a large format pinhole uh, zone plate uh, camera made in Hong Kong. And then I got a second one made that's 75 millimeters fixed. Uh, it's um, antique and uh, spe- specifically designed for the phase one back, and it only works with the phase one back. Oh man, that's I, I, I'm. Let's put it this way: I'm jealous as hell. <laughs> I, 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 that would be so cool. Let's talk about some of your galleries. Let's let's talk about some some of the output here, and let, let's start with the one that that's first on your website. And by the way, we should tell everyone your website is just Morris, your last name dot lu for Luxembourg. There are a couple other Michael Morrises in the photography world. Uh, and if you just do a Google search, uh, you're likely to come up with one or two of the others. So this one is just morris.lu. Tell me about the Faces Gallery. We're, we're going to get to the others in a second. But t- tell me what you're going for with this group of pictures. To be honest, what I'm, I'm looking for in each of the women I'm photographing, and sometimes men, but in this case, they're all women, is uh, are the qualities that I saw in my wife. 
Mm -hmm. Such as what? Um, well, there's, I mean, the first and first thing is, is the intelligence. The second thing would be the, the integrity and, and the honesty mm -hmm. and the sincerity that you feel in the eyes. There's one expression, uh, one photograph I have um, where you don't see the face. And this is of a, a Dutch uh, friend of mine lying on the old floor, the 260-year-old oak floor in my house, mm -hmm. covering her face with her hair and holding her breast quite strongly. And it's, I, I think this is very important. And then I have some other photos of a Chinese woman with some yellow flowers, mm -hmm. because I think it's very important to acknowledge the the right of women or anyone <laughs> to withhold themselves from engagement. And so this woman lying on the floor with her hair covered, covering her face, is denying us the ability to know who she is. And the Chinese woman with this triptych I have at the bottom of my fa uh, faces page is again playing together with these yellow flowers. And in the last photo, she denies the contact uh, with her eyes and her face to the viewer. And I think this is something that's very important for me is the ability of each person to engage or to decline to engage and to, um, to, to hold back. And, and so I think, yeah, that's one of the things I want to, to play with and to look at in different ways is the engagement or the ability to not engage. You know, I, I find working with models mystifying because I'm absolutely no good at it. And listening to you talk, uh, you say, you know, a number of photographers, you say, what are you taking a picture of? And they don't say something physical. They'll say an emotion. You know, I'm taking a picture of intelligence. I'm taking a picture of integrity. Uh, or, you know, in, in this case, I'm taking a picture of the ability or decision not to engage. How in the world do you interact with a model in such a way that they understand that kind of philosophic or emotional depth as an expression in their face or body? I, I think the first thing is in choosing the people you want to photograph okay. and you want to work with. Okay. That's really the key is, is to, um, w what I say to them is that I, I'm photographing them with my heart, not with my eyes. And I think that's a, a very important distinction is that I'm not looking at them as a man would look at a woman. I'm looking them at them from one sensitive individual to another sensitive indiv individual. So that's that's really the, the, the sort of foundation. Um, mm -hmm. The second thing is then I get to know them and I work with them repeatedly. And the people that you see on the on my website, I, almost all of them I've worked with um, 10 or more times in, say, a year and a half or two years. They come either every month, every two months, every three months. Um, and so we get to know each other very well. And there's a very strong degree of honesty and emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Do you always know what you're going for? Yes. Um, I, I, well, yes and no. There have been a number of times where I've made photographs with people and only months later, or even a year later, I started to understand what I was doing. I mean, I, at the time, I knew what I wanted to photograph, but I didn't understand the import of it. Um, and there was a series I made with um, very large uh, vases. I mean, one meter tall or three, meet, three feet uh, tall or whatever. And finally, I started to understand that I made that series as 
an example of the body as a vase mm-hmm. um, or vase, and that we're a carrier, and we carry just like the we put flowers into into a vase, we carry our soul in in our bodies. Oh man, that's it's. First of all, that that's a really cool idea, and second of all, I I love the bit that. Sometimes you take pictures and you say, this is important and I have no idea why. And you, you just wait for the understanding to come perhaps well after the image. One of, one of the most really compelling uh, galleries that you've got is the one called Connecting. T- tell me, first of all, where this idea came from. Um, I, mean, I want to go through a couple of the, in- the images you know, individually, but th- these are all images of two women um, and sometimes interacting, sometimes just near each other. Where did this idea come from? Tell me what you're doing here. Yeah. So the the connecting series is is literally about two. Well, in some of the images, what I'm doing, and and it's the top image in the, on the page, for example, where I've, I've photographed one woman's um, torso and one woman's head mm-hmm. and shoulders, is essentially photographing her the the one woman in two parts. Um, rather than making just a photograph of her standing by herself, I decided to put her with an, another woman and to to merge them in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's like one woman, but she's in part of it from one woman and parts from the other. But it combines to to be re- to represent one woman. Okay. And the the general idea for me was really about this humanity and the integrity and the respect and honor of each uh, of each of us as individuals and this is uh, i i hope a sort of elegant way to express this connection let's take just a quick break we hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode the very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Well, it's a brilliant photograph. And once again, you've got a real honesty here. Um, There's no makeup. There's no retouching that I can see. You know, it, it, it is the kind of image, when you look at it, that, you know, you think you get it, and then you think, no, I don't get it at all, and you keep working it. Um, and it really does, I think, provoke uh, a complicated evolution of reactions. Are you focusing on the hands? I mean, as viewer now, am I focusing on the hands? Am I focusing on the eyes? Am I focusing on whatever? What has been the response that, that you've, I mean, let's just pick this one image right now. What kind of response have you gotten to this particular image? Um, from women, very, very strongly positive. Okay. When you qualify it that way, then I have to ask, what about from men? They don't seem very interested in the photos of women that I make. Really? They prefer the landscape uh, photographs. Why do you think that is? <laughs> because they're these, and it's probably very rude and, and, and inappropriate, but I, I think that they're simply not competitive with all of the nude photography that you can see on the internet or, you know, um, these days. 
The, the interesting comment that I got when I was in Milan at my exhibition last year from women was they thought that these were made by a woman photographer. Oh, no, that's a, that's a compliment. Uh, that's a compliment right yeah. there. So that that was really good for me. Well, th- I mean, th- these these are certainly not, um, you know, dirty pictures. And, and, and they're certainly not the kind of nudes where you see somebody out in nature, um, you know, in a beach or rocks or something like that. Th- th- these are um, formal is perhaps the wrong word, but it's the right idea. Uh, th- th- these are highly composed pictures. And, yes. you know, w- when, when you're working with the models, is this experimentation? Is this heavy-handed art direction? No, absolutely. I mean, in the first instance, the, the, the top image, for example, I they had these two women had met only fifteen minutes before we made the photographs. <laughs> okay, but I had worked with each of them for uh, over a year. Oh, okay, um, in, individually. Mm-hmm. So the the key was that the, we had established our own um understanding and, and you know we created many many images together and so coming together it was really very very fast and and there was nothing there at all it was really clear um how to arrange themselves i wanted the hand coming down um for example from the woman standing onto the woman kneeling in an affirmation and uh, comforting and acknowledgement I wanted the woman kneeling to have this direct look and to have this very, she's a wonderful massage therapist and friend and she has, and she's Dutch and she has this, you you see her eyes and Mm -hmm. a very pure look. And this is the case with the other, other photographs on, on this page as well. There is definitely no retouching or anything. All of this is from in camera. I use capture one, but almost always just simply export the image the top photo is from the Phase 1 IQ4, 150 megapixels. has a tremendous tonal range, lovely uh, uh, quality of detail and everything. And it's so gentle and so smooth between uh, the tonalities and, and the colors. And it's just great. So it's really the result of choosing the right equipment. You know, I, I'm using only the sunlight. I, I never use any modifications. Oh, okay. So it's it's these. I think simplicity is absolutely key for me. Well, yeah, absolutely. But okay, you just brought up an interesting idea because you talk about you know tonality, you talk about color and light. You introduced some flowers into a number of these images, and yet a number of these images are also black and white. So to tell tell me how color plays a role in the message you're trying to get across. Yeah. I, my basic rule is, is uh, or my basic idea is to use color. Um, if color is in the image, then color is is the image, and has a has a key role to, to play in it. You know, in this case, there are the two women in different uh, positions, and the flowers either deny identity, the one on the right, or they're between the two women. Um, the one in the middle, or each woman has their own flowers, mm-hmm. um, the one on the left. Right. And, and But, you know, it, it's funny. I look at the flowers as being more celebrations than denials. Yes. Yeah. Well, the one on the right, the woman doesn't. I, I, we didn't want to, to show the faces because for me, and I, I make this very clear with everyone I photograph, there's the personal identity, there's them as a woman, and then there's the the universal beauty, 
Mm -hmm. And so for these images, I wanted always to express the universal beauty in those ones with the flowers. So definitely as women um, and definitely celebration, absolutely. But I wanted to go above the personal identity of the individual models and to to speak to women and to, to, to celebrate, as you say, you know, life. Boy, I hope everybody's I hope everybody's looking at these images because th- th- this is really special stuff. But the the ones just below that, you switch over into black and white. Yes. So the, the I, I, again, I, I wanted the purity of contact. It, I didn't want the distraction of hair color or of you know whatever. I, I wanted that purity of contact, and uh, th- this is really um, the reason for the black and white. Okay. I, I mean, again, I'm, I was looking at all the complexity of the shadows. And the minute you say purity of contact, I, I see that. But especially with the one on the right, th- there's just a whole universe of, of tones and textures and shadows there. Really complicated in, in the best, best sense of that term, best uh, sense of complication uh, in that image there. You got a dog in one of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me what's so going this on is there. A, <laughs> this is a Swiss woman, and she uh, travels around Europe with her dog. Okay. Um, in a in a Ford um, uh, minivan, mm-hmm. the dog's Ari is a husky, pure pure husky. And um, the first uh, time in this house that I photographed someone with a dog, and he was absolutely perfectly behaved, and there's <laughs> such a love between the two of them. <laughs> Oh, boy, but it, it's it, it's a wonderful picture, but I, I have to chuckle because pets are, pets are not the most understanding models uh, sometimes. No, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm a real dog lover. I had uh, I've had dogs my whole life and, and she has such a beautiful relationship with his dog. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, Michael, we, we could spend hours and hours just going through every image in this one uh, gallery here, the one called Connecting. But so, I, but, but I do want to ask you just one more question, uh, and that's when you get a little bit further down into the gallery, you have all of these uh, soft focus, you know, almost like they're, they're taken in fog pictures. Tell me the idea. Tell me what you're going for here. This is, again, the, the zone plate uh, camera with the 100 megapixel uh, phase one back. And again, it's I don't why I want to focus on the, the luminosity. I want to focus on the gentleness of the expressions, mm-hmm. on the connection between the two women in each of these photographs, and, and and it is celebration. And this is really again another aspect of my wife's death. I want to celebrate the beauty of life, and uh, this is what what I see. But in a you know respectful, there's a there's an integrity which is very very important for me, and I, I feel that that's in the images as well. You know, I, I think anybody that looks at them is going to see these. If you describe them in the abstract, you know, and you say there are two nude women in the same picture, what they're going to imagine is completely not what we're looking here on the screen. No, uh, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no. I think they'll be very disappointed. Yeah, well, no. It, it, these are these are these are fine art images. These are really beautiful images. And again, I, I'm just really engaged and uh, compelled by an artist, by a photographer who begins the discussion of their subjects with emotions, with ideas, with, with a kind of aesthetic. And, and you and now go look for the physical uh, representation of that. 
This is not the only gallery on your website, though. So you do have a whole one on flowers. You have one on water. You have one on land. But then then you've got the mystery one here. You've got the one that's called shadows. And when you click on it, it says images coming soon. So tell me, tell me what I'm going to see in the shadows here. I, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be um, pretentious, but I'd say what you want to see. Um, my Most of my shadow photography is around shadows from materials um so i have the idea um and this is going to be is the title of my first book which is uh, clothed in nature mm-hmm. is to uh photograph people uh, mainly women where you can't see the clothing um you see the imprint of the clothing you see the shadow of the clothing on the body and uh, you can interpret it in different ways. And I also use uh, flower shadows and, and the shadows of, of dry flowers and heather and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's, it's a lace uh, fabric or you know, different antique or vintage uh, materials. And I, I studied philosophy. I studied the classics and, and read Plato's Republic. And there's the... Um, the story of the the cave yep. where people are tied down and the only thing that they ever see are the projected shadows, mm-hmm. but they don't know they're projected. These shadows are their reality. And this has stayed with me f- since college. And so I want to create this gallery where we can imagine um, what is real and what's not and let the, let the light and, and shadow play in our minds um, and interpret. I, I've had some very... You interesting comments over the years of what people uh, see in the photographs. And I, I laugh because they make it much more complicated. <laughs> I mean, one of the first shadow photos I sold was to a woman from Oregon who uh, looked at this woman's back in the shadows from a tree. And she said she saw the face of Jesus. Oh, my. And um, paid me two, twice what I, I had asked for the photograph. So I, I've learned to, uh, to be surprised by shadows. Do do you imagine your viewers when you're taking pictures, or or is this not? No, um, I first I make my f- photographs for myself, okay, uh, as a healing process, uh, and and really to seek out the beauty in life and to honor my wife's memory. The second audience is the person I'm making photos with. If the woman I'm making photos with enjoys the experience and and uh, likes the, the the photographs we make that is a huge sign that other women will like it mm-hmm. and the third audience for me is is other women um the last audience would be men uh, of course men are you know some men are sensitive some men are intellectual or thoughtful or artistic but um i definitely don't want to i'm not creating my photographs for men i'm creating them for women and and w- women, by and large, have responded positively. They, they said, you know, they thought these were images made by a woman. Yes. I mean, every time I have an exhibition, um, the response from women is phenomenal. Oh, and some men. I mean, I don't yeah, want to say yeah. men don't appreciate, but in Milan, it was not. But in Berlin, at the, I exhibited this year at the Berlin Photo Week, and the men were hugely uh, supportive. 
Well, it it is provocative and compelling work. And when I say provocative, I mean intellectually. Um, I think you are the not only the only photographer I know with a custom-built camera, you are the only one I know that's quoting Plato um, in, in their descriptions. Uh, and I do know the allegory of the cave uh, very well. I think that fits your work uh, tremendously. So, I mean, Michael, tell me what you're working on now. So I'm preparing two books. One is this Close to Nature book, which is uh, the story of the healing process I've been going through. Mm-hmm. I've done all of the photography for that. That's, um, you know, some of it is here on the website, but of course much more is, isn't. Um, and I'm preparing a second book, which is called Every Woman a Goddess. And this book is much more varied, where I'm, I'm photographing women who look very different to each other in, in different ways. Um, but in all cases, I want to honor these women mm-hmm. and all, all women oh. with um, the beauty and intelligence and the respect. And one of the women I'm working with now is from Iran. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm working with her on, on this uh, regarding the, the, the current protest and, and the abuse of women and, and the discrimination against women in, in Iran. I'm working with uh, models from Ukraine who are obviously concerned about the, the situation there and we're uh, raising money and putting things together, clothing and things like that to support people in Ukraine as well. I would, I would not describe your work as political, though. No, no, absolutely not. I, I, my, I think it's holistic, it's humanistic. Mm-hmm. I want to honor the integrity of the individual. Okay. Well, and, and I think you have done that exceedingly well. My, th- this is com- really, really interesting work. Everybody, again, it, it's morris.lu. That is the website. This is work that I, when the books come out, I'm going to be first in line to get them. Thank you, sir. I appreciate this very much. Thank you so much. Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.